0: Hello, hello, everybody. If you haven't signed up for our Discord channel, please do so at majordomomedia.com. There's a link that will take you to our wonderful community where sometimes you will see our guest today on Recipe Club, JDB, dropping knowledge bombs, wisdom sometimes. bombs. Sometimes. Yeah. Just people like his presence in general. And all things Momofuku, you can visit us at shop.momofuku.com for our chili crunch, air-dried noodles, etc. Visit us at shop.momofuku.com. Now on to the show.
2: Welcome to Recipe Club, where we debate the best way to cook the things you want to eat. My name is Chris Ying, and today we are doing a little cooking with booze. More specifically, we are going to be making something called gravlax. And if you don't know what that is, I'm going to tell you. Gravlax is salmon that has been cured in salt and sugar and sweet herbs and spices. And in this case, a big healthy shot of aquavit. It is a Scandinavian dish, as you may have surmised, and it is old as hell. In fact, I'm reading about Gravlox right now, and it was invented in Jamtland, the area of Sweden where Magnus Nelson used to have his restaurant Favikin, for those keeping score, sometime in the 14th century, evidently by a man named Olifer Gravlox, who came up with this method of basically burying salted salmon and letting it cure for either a short time or a long time, hence the name Gravlox, grav meaning to dig and lox meaning salmon. Now, I say he came up with this, but obviously, Olifer wasn't the first person to bury food. I think this is a tale as old as time, and I love it. I love the fact that before there was refrigeration or gas ovens or microwaves or stoves or anything, we humans would just look around and try to cook food in whatever way presented itself. This is some real primitive shit I'm talking about. I've got a piece of salmon, and I'm looking at it, and I'm thinking, what should I do with this fish? I've eaten it raw. I've cooked it over the fire. I've tried hanging it. I guess I can just dig a hole right here and stick it in there. And that's what Olifer Gravlocks and many, many other humans across history have done. In fact, the ground has served as a traditional fermentation chamber for millennia. It is dark, it's cooler than the ambient air around, and it is protected from nosy wildlife. Perfect place to put a piece of meat or fish or anything that you are trying to preserve and keep for colder months ahead. But the ground is also an amazing medium for cooking, whether it's a clam bake or a Maori hungi or a cochinita pibil, or if you watch that show, Korean Pork Belly Rhapsody on Netflix, there's that awesome scene of a whole pig just steaming in this earth oven. I highly recommend you watch this. I once spent a whole day making a honey with my New Zealish friend, Ben Shuri, the amazing chef from Melbourne in, in Australia. We spent hours digging a huge hole in a field in eastern Poland, then hauling these big, heavy rocks from all over the place to our freshly dug pit, building this huge fire, letting it burn down, then loading this pig and all sorts of vegetables into our earth oven, burying it, waiting hours and hours and hours, and then digging it all up again. It was one of the single most exhausting and rewarding things I've ever done. So my question to you is, when was the last time you buried something? I just did a a quick poll of the people sitting around me here in the office, the Major Doma Media office, and Jordan says he buried some poop in the ground a few years ago when he was, you know, ostensibly camping or uh, somewhere where it's appropriate to poop outside. Noel looked at me sideways and asked, what are we in middle school? And Christian said he uh, planted some flowers one time. So in other words, Most adults, I'm willing to wager, haven't buried anything in a long time, let alone cooked something underground, but I look at my kids and these little weirdos get so much joy from just digging and burying things and then unburying them and then digging another hole, and like I said, there is something undeniably cool about cooking in the ground. I personally haven't done it in forever, maybe not since that Polish hungy that we made, And I just really feel compelled in this next year to bury something, I mean, other than my feelings. That's enough of my hopes and dreams. Let's get into my conversation now with this week's recipe submitter, Evan Cooper, who makes lots and lots of gravlocks. He says, none of it made underground. After that, stick around to hear how Dave Chang, John DeBerry, and I did with our overground cured salmons, aka gravlocks. uh evan cooper i feel like you make a lot of gravlocks
3: yeah especially the last few years once i started writing it down um and also sharing it with someone in my building who's since started nagging me and making requests for new batches after new batches so yeah i've been tweaking it experimenting
2: you're somebody's you're somebody's gravlock supplier in your building
3: yeah, it's. I mean, a little bit underground, despite. Wow, being, you know, you're the gravlax.
2: You're the gravlax source. Okay, what do you do when you're not curing salmon?
3: Sort of. To be real, like I'm not sure my long term career, but in the meantime, I've been working with my dad to help run his business. He had cancer a couple years ago, and I kind of picked up, tried to fill his shoes, and stuck around since then. Just since it's taken a load off him, but. Luckily, he's doing well.
2: Just a, a noble nobleman over here, just curing salmon, helping out Pops. Uh, what's up with this this Gravlox fixation of yours? Do you have some sort of Nordic heritage? Or are you just a Gravlox fan?
3: I'm actually an Eastern European non-religious Jew. So maybe not Gravlox, but definitely Lox and Nova was a thing I grew up eating. But I started eating just supermarket brands of smoked salmon. And... Just felt like a lot of it's really salty. So I started looking at the back, finding my favorite brands. And then it dawned on me, like way back in the days of Emerald Live, actually, I watched him make Gravlocks and you just can do it in a home fridge. I was like, I can do that too. So I tried it probably, I don't know, like 2015 for the first time. And especially the last five or six years have been doing it more and more often.
2: How often are we talking about? How often? Are, how much, how much Gravlocks by weight are we talking about in a given year?
3: Maybe 15, 20 pounds plus whatever I slide on the side to the friend in my building.
2: <laughs> whatever falls off the GravLox truck. Gotcha. Yeah. You, in your email, you talk about how you, you, know, you, you start by saying you make a pretty good GravLox in your fridge. Explain to me, explain to our listeners to the club, what is a good GravLox in your opinion?
3: The best batches have like a nice firm kind of almost stained glass texture when you hold it up to the light a good balance of certainly some salt. Sometimes I add a little more sweetness, sometimes not. Spices, herbs, I can take it either in like a pastrami way where there's a lot more like physical spices to crunch on on the outside, something really clean and simple where it's mostly just like citrus zest, a little bit of rum and lime.
2: Mm-hmm. And how are you eating your gravlax? How are you consuming it?
3: Definitely on bagels, toasted with some cream cheese, maybe tomato, and some onion. I actually also like it on like little slices of bread to make it more fancy as an hors d'oeuvre or a petit four type thing.
2: (laughs) How often are you feeling like a a fancy petit four kind of guy and how often are you feeling a bagel guy?
3: I mean, bagels probably 90% of the time compared to any (laughs) other method.
2: Uh, And let me ask you this. Where are you getting your salmon? What what, what salmon are you looking for when you're making this?
3: I've actually only used... um, Atlantic salmon, it's probably farm-raised, doesn't swim free. That tends to be the thicker, more tender salmon that is more rep- reminiscent of the lox that I grew up with. Any salmon would work. It's just um, I'd feel bad spending like an absurd amount on fancy salmon than having that be the batch that I screw up. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: okay, and then finally, this is the edible spirits episode. So the, mm-hmm. the focus, the spirit that you have sort of submitted here is Aquavit. Which was not was something I thought was going to come uh, our way. Are you an Aquavit drinker or you just, does Aquavit only play a role in your Gravlocks?
3: Typically, I mainly use it for Gravlocks. The one that probably would be my favorite to drink was discontinued maybe before I was legally allowed to be drinking it. Uh-oh. But that one had a Uh-oh. little Uh-oh. apricot mixed in. <laughs> a, little, a little apricot, a little Africa, a
2: little Boon's Farm Aquavit. Is that what you're drinking? A little Aquavit uh, spritzer?
3: Maybe. I mean, it, it was like something probably in like uh, Stuff Magazine or Maxim you know, back in that period of my life. But I don't know it just sounded interesting. It did have some of like the caraway and herbalness and definitely was not just peach schnapps.
2: We never outgrow the stuff in Maxim Magazine uh, parts of our lives. Evan, come on. Let's be let's be honest here. Does the Aquavit add something in your opinion here? Flavor wise, do you like uh, the Aquavit as the, the alcohol cure?
3: Yeah. um, The caraway, um, sometimes anise or dill, the spices typically added to aquavit tend to play really well with the Northern European flavors that often also are introduced to smoked salmon or gravlax.
2: All right. So any pitfalls, any obstacles that are lying in wait for me that I should look out for?
3: To try to make the recipe easy, I went just by simple measures, but there's a big range in the size of salmon. If you use a much smaller or much larger piece, I would maybe adjust the salt and possibly the sugar a little bit, just going off the label at the supermarket. And otherwise, I mentioned it in my absurdly long email, but if you don't have Ziploc bags or a vacuum sealer, it might drip. So it's good to put it on t- some type of pan that has raised edges to catch any liquid that might come out of it.
2: Okay. That's a good tip because my wife will be very mad at me. I also love that you have reverse engineered this from the back of a package at the grocery store. I truly, truly love that that aspect of it. Uh, I'm excited, Evan. I haven't made Gravlox in a long time. I appreciate you sending this in. I appreciate you tackling the edible spirits challenge with this outside of the box approach.
3: Uh, no problem. Great talking to you, Chris. Thank you.
0: Welcome to another installment of everybody's favorite Major Domo Media podcast, by far the number one, most loved, Recipe Club. And I think it has more to do with uh, the fact that we have amazing guests. Uh, again, it, this is clearly changes with every week, but I really believe that JDB is the best guest that we have, or the best wedgie by far and away. I've known you the longest too. The best would this week. It's just clear that he's my favorite. And what I wanted to say before we record it, JDB, when you lower your tone of your voice, I like it's a do very tone thing. Yeah. ASMR. My
1: goodness. Oh, my goodness. goodness. Yeah. I think I have a career in ASMR, actually.
0: Wow. <laughs> just keep on talking like that. I love it. I love it. It's got a very White like uh rhythm to it. I love it.
1: We should have an add-on podcast. It's just like a major drama ASMR. Just me like narrating like the phone book or something.
0: And I'll breathe heavily over it.
2: <laughs> <sighs> that'll be, that'll be supplant Recipe Club is the number one major drum. podcast. <laughs> Low tones and heavy breathing from Dave and Sean. <laughs> the new hit. Uh, Dave was, Dave was touting the discord. Well, should we get into this? <laughs> Dave, Dave, was, Dave was touting the Discord before we got started here, and that's where the Recipe Club Season 2 winner will be crowned because we have once again opened, I'm getting air quotes from John DeBerry. Uh, we have opened the voting. If you've cooked no. any recipes this season, you got to vote on Discord and let if us you know you like did.
0: If win and Priya Krishna win, we there all will be no, be no Season 3 of Recipe Club. <laughs> Can you all tell which recipe might be in the lead at this moment? I'm dead serious, guys.
2: <laughs> Me too. Don't listen to these empty threats.
1: Keep on making those green beans, everybody. I won't do my ASMR channel unless you <laughs> make Chris you
0: lose. John, John, JDB, I've actually thought a lot about this collusion um, oh, between yeah. Priya and Chris and how brazen it is. It's almost like Again, I hate to bring it up, like it's robbing Trumpian. the election. Yeah, it's very Trumpian. And this is how de- devious and deceitful these two fucking people are. <laughs> oh, my okay? God. Okay? And I say that, that was like, I could have said that more strongly. All right? I want to. If this was written out, there'd be 16 exclamation points. Okay? This is what you could have done differently. And I know JDV's is going to back me up on this. But you guys did it. It was like a layer of inception to think that, like, It's like in Top Gun when they're using the flare to get rid of the missiles. That's what you guys did. (laughs) Misdirection. Misdirection. By saying, oh, Priya chose Chris's recipe that he just made. And like, oh, of all the recipes of green beans, this was it. And it was such a nice deceitful act of explaining to the audience when is very clear what you two people could have done if you were truly altruistic, good individuals and good hearted people, right? <laughs> you could have just said, Chris Ying sent it in anonymously or a pseudonym. Interesting. Mm. But interesting.
1: <laughs> we need to subpoena their text messages. I think that's really.
0: Yeah. Next thing you know, they're trying to buy Tesla <laughs> we need the With Elon Musk. Yeah. You know, who's your best friend? Kimball <laughs> Musk, fuck you, Chris Yang.
2: <laughs> I am literally- I mean, when, when the
0: Zoom calls over, you know what you do? You wear that cowboy hat. You and Kimball just wearing that cowboy hat.
2: I may be one of the Earth's least devious people.
0: <laughs> this is like, that's this that's is not, the genius That's of exactly- it.
2: It's a long game.
0: You're Kaiser uh, Soze. You're literally Kaiser Soze. Well, How are we supposed to believe you that, oh, I'm the least devious person? That's- <laughs> There's
1: no one less devious than me.
0: Yeah, yeah. John oh, Devere, can you just? Ex- are you just dumbfounded at the just evil? Nature? I'm trying to I'm me. just like I'm being
1: interrogated.
2: Me. I'm like, oh, let's make a recipe for uh, uh what do I have here? Uh, beans that are uh, what's this, uh, p- uh, Pickled over there, and uh, we'll, we'll use some. Oh, what's this? The
0: ground, the ground pork. That's how I came up with this recipe. Uh, no, listen, so no, guys. so so listen, listeners, don't let evil win in this world. Don't let them win. And you
1: can vote multiple times on Discord. You can just keep clicking every other recipe except for Chris's.
2: (laughs) I mean, you can, but I I think that better than that would be, like, (laughs) if you you all think that I am the devil himself, that I am... Beelzebub. If I'm Beelzebub over here, if I'm a, a satanic lieutenant, then you need to cook other recipes and get on the goddamn Discord
0: and vote and say that you cook them. But really, at John, the end of this John, episode, John, a really like truly altruistic good person. You know what they would say? I recuse myself, and I I offered that last that time,
2: and I was called devious. Yeah. <laughs> I already offered that. No, just take it out. You can do it. It's true, I could, but you see, feels won't. Here. He won't. It feels pretty, pretty good. good. Stop the ring deal, of power Chris. feels good.
0: Sauron.
2: <laughs> 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 I was trying to find where I was trying to find JDB's strongest contender in here i think it was the lomo saltado or um mm, the lomo saltado, lomo is right saltado
0: so good so yeah, good that was really good
2: lomo saltado is currently running in third third place i think yeah. right now see so make some lomo Saltado. i'll give you an opportunity to 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 vouch for your candidate give your stump speech at the end of this but anyway Join the Discord if you have no idea what we've been talking about for the last five (laughs) minutes. This is all playing out on the Discord. Also, Dave and I locked ourselves, literally locked ourselves in a padded room the other day and decided to broadcast the Dave Chang show live on Discord. So that's another reason to get on there for random, ridiculous acts of uh, podcasting. Let's do do Recipe Club and debate the best way to cook the things you want to eat. What have you guys been cooking or eating that's interesting in your lives since we last spoke? JDB, anything? This isn't really a, a, a food mention, but I actually got sat
1: next to Brian Ford at a friend's what? and family at a restaurant in, in Brooklyn last week, like just randomly. Like they just knocked me down next to him. And I looked, he screamed. Like there was like, it was like an issue in the <laughs> restaurant because he was being so loud about it. And I was like, did you guys know? Did you put me next to him because they thought it'd be funny? And they were like, no, we have no idea who, like that you knew each other at all. And so uh, we had like this amazing moment. Yeah. It was just that's amazing. Finally, we actually got to meet each other in real life.
2: That was your first IRL encounter? First IRL, yeah. Wow, that's awesome. It was everything I Um, thought it would be, and more. (laughs) Uh, Cheng, what have you been cooking at home or anywhere?
0: I make four different breakfasts. (laughs) Two different for my kids. (laughs) Then I make lunch. I make a big old... Now, lunch is just a big-ass old salad. Mm -hmm. Now that we bought a big salad bowl, which is huge, it's important, because then... I can keep that in the fridge for lunch and I make a vinaigrette. I feel like I'm working at Garmanger station all over again at a restaurant <laughs> because when I worked at Craft, I had to make Jonathan Benno, the CDC there would make me make a different salad dressing every day. It had to be some variation. I'm reliving this because every day I make a new salad dressing and I'm running out of salad dressings and I'm really stressed out about it. That's you like made a new salad dressing thing.
2: for service or for family meal every day? Family meal, family meal. Wow, wow, wow crazy
0: and uh and i make dinner all by eight forty five and then i run into the car to take you go to school at eight fifty. so i don't know what i'm making anymore because everything is made in a fugue stone. You know, exactly
2: <laughs> let me ask you this because we talked about this yeah we talked about this the other day because i was rushing home chang was giving me a ride home and i was like i need to make dinner and he was scoffing at me because he was like Pff. I made dinner for my family already. It was done by 9 (laughs) a.m. I was like, okay, fine. I didn't get ahead today. But when you make dinner ahead for the family and you leave it there, do you have to, do you ever like leave instruction for like Mm -hmm. what needs to happen at the end? What do you do?
0: Mm -hmm. I put a yellow post a note. So yesterday, example, I made a boiled chicken because I had to get rid of a a chicken that I bought that, you know, I got to, I had to cook it. So I made chicken rice for lunch. And I kept it in the pot, so it'd probably be like closer to room temp for for um, lunch uh, when they ate it. So I, when I boil the chicken, I added some savory salt. I added some red boat fish sauce, garlic, um, and I and I put that at a boil. I boil it for about fifty minutes, and I take it out and I put it in a strainer. As it's straining, I do all these things. I come back so it, it's like just hot enough that it hurts, but I can like take the meat off the bone. So I take the breast meat off, and then um, I take three quarters of a pint. And I put that into the knob and I start cooking the rice with that chicken stock. I add a little bit more fish sauce. As that cooks for 12 minutes, right at the 11-minute mark, I sliced the chicken breast skin off. And I put that in the pot. And then I added like a package of enoki mushrooms. And, you know, turned up the heat for like another minute. So I cooked for about 13 minutes, let that sit. While that was doing, I made a ginger scallion sauce. And that was done. While that's all going, I'm now ripping out the carcass. This is why I hate making chicken. It's a mess. And I made chicken soup. And I made vermicelli noodles. And I chopped potatoes, zucchini, and a few other things. And I set that aside with instructions. So I set aside the noodles. You don't want to leave the noodles in the soup because it'll get oversaturated. And I made a coleslaw salad for uh, dinner. And the day before that, I made (laughs) pork pot pie for dinner. Ooh. Wow. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's as much cooking as I do in,
2: like, a month. <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway, I know I just went on, but, like, that's just the past 48 hours, so.
2: I got to figure out the little sticky note system. Because my instructions, as I'm, like, yelling them as I run out the door, my wife is like,
0: I'm not going to do any of that. Because you're making shit like fondue and, like, you stuff that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, every night I'm, like,
2: fondue. I'm just like, okay, Jamie, just make sure you uh, melt the gruyere, <laughs> yeah. add a little alcohol. Um no. So, speaking of alcohol, speaking of uh, fondue, what a good transition, Ooh. an edible spirit dish. The theme of this week we called edible spirits because we couldn't think of a better three two or three word phrase for what we're talking about, cooking with cooking with booze, right? When you try see usually we do like a Google result thing, but this is ungoogleable. Edible spirits is not what you call this. You get like a bunch of recipes for, you know, marijuana, Did ghosts come up? oils, uh g- ghost
0: Edible spirits, spirits is that a is that a um, a franchise of the Twilight? Edible spirits, <laughs> something like that.
2: That's this. That's a fanfic.
0: Is that an Anne Rice novel? Ed- <laughs> Edible
2: spirit. Uh, yeah, it's like summoning summoning your your the things you've already eaten. Uh, I mean, you get nothing. Basically, you get nothing except for things that you don't. That we, we're not talking about, or you get the sort of thing that John was most afraid of, which was. The edible cocktail, and we've talked about this a little bit before we get into like what we're actually <laughs> here to discuss. John, do you remember from that era? Like, what era are we talking about, yeah. guys? When we're talking about like the edible cocktail, give me like I'm a talking date about like two
1: thousand seven, two thousand six. At a lot of these sort of like fancy, like not WD fifty, but like that sort of era when people were really into the molecular gastronomy. And I remember going; I was just getting into cocktails. I don't think I worked at a bar yet, but I like kind of knew I was kind of like on. The tip and I went to like this one restaurant that was like known for molecular stuff. It's closed now. And I was like, oh wow, like a solid Roman Coke. That's gonna be so cool. So like I order my solid cocktail. Everyone else in my group orders like a real cocktail. And everyone else gets a drink. And I get three cubes of gelatin on a plate. And I'm like, what this is not like you should not have let me order this. Like you, this is not the same experience that I'm having with everybody else. So it does turn me off to the whole thing. Uh, i love jello shots like that's a whole different thing like jello there's really great like cocktail jello cakes that are out there that's a different thing it's more like about trying to like pretend like you're having a cocktail in this like solid format which is just like not what a drink is so don't put it on the menu right next to like your regular drinks that's
2: my (laughs) rant no Uh, one does
1: it anymore in the restaurant's clothes so i guess it's not kind of a moot point
2: uh We are also not considering recipes with beer and wine, which, uh, you know, is a very expansive group of recipes, lots of delicious things. We were specifically making the call for dishes cooked with hard alcohol, distilled spirits, spirits. distilled spirits. There it is, of which there are a few archetypes. And I want to play a little overrated underrated with both of you here for some of these kind of, you know, the principal uh, examples of this genre. Pene a la vodka or vodka sauce, overrated or underrated?
0: I want to say underrated. I think it's a, I think it's a marketing stunt. Hmm. All right. Two opposite opinions. Mr. Chang? I don't understand the vodka.
2: You don't just understand what it brings to the table?
0: When you add the vodka, I think it's so negligible. You know what I mean? You don't put enough in it to taste alcohol. You're burning off the alcohol. Right. Once you burn off the alcohol in vodka, vodka you doesn't taste much. like much. So... Yeah what's the fucking point of putting it in
1: i think the idea with that is that i'm not a huge panele of vodka like connoisseur but i think the whole point of using the vodka is not necessarily to make it taste like vodka it's to use it as like a way of kind of like almost e- extracting more flavor from the ingredients in the
2: sauce I'll, I'll tell you what is very good about that sauce though is tomato and dairy tomato and cream and butter Yeah,
0: speak. you know if you had to like fuck mary kill in that recipe <laughs> tomato cream Mm. or vodka (laughs) yeah I think you gotta kill the vodka you know like (laughs) the one thing you You can fucking kill kill is vodka which is what I'm trying to say is like how important is it got it if you kill tomato nobody's eating that fucking dish
2: (laughs) you don't want cream and vodka sauce yeah
0: (sighs) it's not a it's not a white Russian that's like a I don't know what that is
2: (laughs) cream and vodka hold the tomato Uh, rum baba Overrated, underrated. Mm. I don't know what that is. Baba rum. Baba rum. You want to describe it, Chang?
0: It's like a like a rum pound cake with a really sugary exterior, and I always wanted to serve it because I thought it was just one of the best desserts that I've ever seen. And it wasn't that it's so good, right? It is very good. It's also extremely boozy. Alain Ducasse is the one that popularized it at and Monaco and. Uh, Plaza Athene in Paris when it was open. And everything about it was like just extravagant choice, right? They would bring out, wheel out this Gyrdal of a bunch of shit and different rums, and then they slice it right down the middle, lay it on the side, and they w- just put this beautiful vanilla infused whipped cream and they just douse it in fucking a selection of rum. And it's just something that is the, the sum are greater than its parts type of thing. Mm. And I love it. And I think it's just not even that delicious of a dessert because you're basically just eating rum, but I love it because it feels like you're doing something wrong. <laughs> anyway,
2: that's just, I me. think you're right that like the service part of it, Chang is like the coolest way, like, you know, you, they, you, they always serve it with like, they don't drench it in rum and then bring it to you. It's like, here's the bottle of rum. Look how much I'm going to drench <laughs> this cake yeah. with. Uh, what, I'm going to attribute this style of fried chicken to, to Heston, but like vodka batter fried chicken, overrated or underrated?
0: Underrated. Uh, when Heston did that, I think they came out 2005 with the ISI siphon gun. This is a good example of, the, of why this movement was so important. Why is something crispy when I fry it? And how do I understand the mechanics of that? And when I understand the science science and the mechanics of it, the actual chemistry, then I can figure out different combinations to make it more crispy. And vodka is clearly has water in it, but less so, and it evaporates the alcohol evaporates more quickly. and the quicker you can evaporate the moisture in a batter, the crispier it will be, especially in combination with other things than flour, right with different starches and his fish and chips recipe changed the fucking game and was instrumental for me because that's when I was like, "Oh shit!" I, you know, I think I think
2: John, like other people, would also argue that there is a function at like the vodka is functional in the in the vodka sauce, but I think like with this batter is the best and coolest example of cooking with booze where it's not a yeah. fla- it's not even just like a flavoring. You're not just adding it like you're adding something for flavor, and it's not just for show. It is literally better. With vodka than with anything else, like that's, that's like a drier <laughs> liquid. <laughs> yes, a drier liquid, basically. Yeah. Uh, all right. Last one of these overrated underrated. Before we get into into the actual thing we're talking about here, uh, what about the good old flambe, John? Do, we, should, do you want to see more or less things flambeed in your life? Uh, I don't know. It's like it, something about the spectacle
1: of lighting something on fire is like really hard to escape and like kind of compelling. But I feel like I, I don't want to see more. So maybe I'll just leave it at that. It, the amount that we
2: currently <laughs> have is,
0: is acceptable to me.
2: <laughs>
0: Chey, more or good. less
2: flambé. You want to see more or less flambé?
0: I am torn. I fucking love it. it <laughs> Who has not loved it? Who doesn't love it? <laughs> it, scares, it scares the fucking shit out of me. Especially booze because it's like blue flame and it's like you can't yeah. see
1: it. And it's like really hot. Yeah. 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 No,
0: no flambés at lunch. I would say of all the flambé desserts, they're fantastic. But as a flambé drink, probably one of my favorite restaurants anywhere in the world, Galatoire's in New Orleans. I remember eating with our Morgan Neville, our, our co-creator in Ugly Delicious. We sat down, and they brought a. I mean, it's just two of us. It was like sixteen liters of this <laughs> fucking giant cauldron of, sil- like again, a sterling silver type of thing. I. I mean, I swear to God, they poured like two. I don't even know. It was a so, so much booze. And they light the fucker on fire. And it's, it's so much heat coming off that, you know. It was like one of those, like, one, is uh, it just like they do it right on the table or something? What is it? Yeah. it goes in- and then they pour it on the table. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck is happening?
2: <laughs> but what are they? I, forget what, I completely forget what they're serving. What are they actually serving? It's just.
0: No, there's some fruit in it as well. And okay. here's the craziest thing. After a lot of the alcohol's burned off, and then you drink it, it's still like it's it all alcohol. <laughs> it's
2: still busy. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's the last thing I want to say on the general thing on alcohol cooking, because I I think that this comes up all the time. Is like, well, you burn it off. You burn it off. But I think as no, Harold that. McGee pointed out many, many, many years ago, like you never burn off all of the alcohol when you are cooking with alcohol. So
0: Anyway. I'm doing my stomach though. My stomach,
2: <laughs> stomach burns it off. Harold McGee never
0: tested my stomach. Check <laughs> out my gut biome. Uh, we got it. We got we got quite a few suggestions here. There was a
2: boozy uh, submissions. Excuse me, recipe submissions from our listeners. Boozy bourbon blondies, bourbon cured tuna, rum and coke, marshmallow cake, rum souffle from Michael Freestone, who was our uh, our sausage plat. Submitter from way back in the day. And then, John, you landed on Evan Cooper's Aquavit Gravelocks. Why did you gravitate toward this
1: uh, one? Uh, uh, a few things. I think one, <laughs> all of the other recipes kind of gave me a lot of what I had picked before in terms of like, you know, like a rum and coke marshmallow cake. Like we've done pastry, kind of done a lot of the dessert stuff. So I wanted to do something savory. I never made gravlax before. I'm not really a huge fan of gravlax. Like, I don't hate it, it's just not my favorite food. So I wanted to kind of approach it again from that uh, from that lens. And I also just love aquavit. I think it's like a very super underrated spirit that many people, at least in this country, are not like super keen on. And it makes sense because it's very kind of anise, licorice, and you know, it's not necessarily something you grew up eating. But it's just, I think it's such a good spirit and it's a great alternative to gin. And so I just thought, why not? And the recipe was amazing. I mean, the recipe (laughs) itself was like insane. Like it's- Ten thousand words it's like super detailed like i was just like this
2: guy's got it i gotta do this this is one of our like very d- <laughs> we they they like range right sometimes we get a recipe that's just like i know chang won't read more than 12 words so like, here's my recipe like <laughs> dump this in here and then throw it in the oven and then eat it you know then we get the other yeah. end of the spectrum who are just like people who are gonna write us a whole treatise on on gravlocks and that's evan's vibe he sent in this recipe like you said it's ten thousand words and includes like Four different variations on this. There is a tequila chili lime gravlax, a rum daiquiri gravlax, a scotchy gravlax, and a pastrami gravlax. And uh, you, you made you made more than that. of course. You I did the did. scotch one, but they all basically follow the same basic methodology. You take a piece of salmon, you debone it, you clean it, you make your spice mix with salt and sugar and zest and herbs, and then you pack it all around the salmon. You put it into a a plastic bag or a vacuum sealer or something and you throw it into your fridge for what Evan suggested was three days for a cure. You know, if you don't know what Gravlox is to begin with, it's the Nordic cured salmon, usually flavored with things that you would associate with the Scandinavian countries. It, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it's it'll remind you of Locks, but it has no smoke or anything like that. Let's get into it. John, talk to me about Scotchy gravlaks.
1: I mean, aside from this recipe being great, like he has like the theory of it up in the top, and kind of giving you the breakdown of how it sort of works as a recipe, and then gives you these variations, so it makes it very easy to understand, like how you can riff on it if you were to do other ones. So I just love that. Um, I love shopping for it, finding going to the fish place uh, in Essex Market in in my neighborhood. I felt really cool asking for like a three pound slab of fish because they had to like go in the back you know, it was like this whole special ordeal where they had to go in the back and find a solid piece of salmon. And also like, I I was really exhausted from using my oven and all sorts of cooking implements for all these recipes. So it was really nice to have like a no heat recipe where it was just putting a bunch of stuff together in a plastic bag. Um, I just, I, I, it was a, a lot to remember to, to rotate it every twice a day. Um, although I did get like a nice satisfying, like thud. You know, to slap it down the, in the, in the mm-hmm. refrigerator uh, and I almost over this. Like I went to, I went to a concert on Tuesday night and that was like my day three and I got back from the concert and I was like, oh shit, I have to <laughs> go, I have to like record myself like eating this fish at like 11.15 at night. Um, but it was great. It was great. I thought, I thought that the, like a. Comparing the two, they weren't as distinct from one another as I thought they would be. Like I did the gravel, I did the um aquavit one, I did the scotch one. They were both good. I thought that the other seasonings in the uh in the fish were actually what were more distinct than the spirits themselves. Like I would have used probably more of the spirit and he says to use a quarter cup, you can use even more than the recipe calls for. You can try this. But I would actually probably turn that even up and go even farther because I thought it was going to be like really boozy, but it really wasn't at all. Probably could have doubled the amount of spirits and it would have been cool. Although I don't know, maybe it's too wet for the cure to work. Maybe there's something physical in that. I don't know, but definitely could have room for more spirits, especially with the scotch. Cause it's like you, you I picked a smoky scotch. It would have been really cool to have like a super smoky, unsmoked salmon. Uh, how did you consume it other than late at night? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I had uh I also I I was curious about his suggestion to freeze it because I didn't really I'm not familiar with like fr- freezing, you know, cured salmon and how that would work. And I froze some, thought it out just now and tasted it. And I think it actually might taste better frozen. I don't know, maybe it hmm. does something to the the liquid or something in, in the in the meat, but like I thought it was really good um thought out. And I just sort of ate it like in strips just to really get a sense of the the flavor of it. I also had like a a bunch of bagels and, and cream cheese so i did the classic and it, this is this is going to be really disappointing but i have if t- you can see my two like very small cats here i thought they would go nuts for this i tried feeding it to them and they were like no they just like flat out they're like huh no <laughs> i have <a> really good <laughs> i have really good footage of them just like <laughs> <laughs> okay. i don't know if it's the spirits or what it was but they just weren't weren't no. into it cat Iron- ironically enough not it's cat, by it's cats. cat-proof crab-locks. It's <laughs> <That's>
2: cat-proof <laughs> crab-locks. The grab-locks. main selling point. Is that no, cats I'm glad. We, just, right. we need to cover this from all angles, so don't worry that your, your cats won't get into this. Uh, Mr. Chang, as of last night when I saw you, less than 15 hours ago, you had yet to begin this one.
0: No, 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 no. I started it yesterday morning. I did it yesterday morning. Oh, you did? You did? Okay, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Talk to me. I randomly had a piece of farm-raised Atlantic salmon that I I had <laughs> <laughs> i uh i'm gonna say it was probably 20 ounces so not even three pounds clearly but um i'll be honest i didn't know what i had to do this week <laughs> for recipe club which is which is just so painful as one of the people who tries to remind you of what you have to do this week it's painful to hear that but i got you i got you but i read the recipe and i decided to do a a cuvee of everything, basically, a little bit of all the five recipes that he made, that he gave us, a little bit, right? Confusion, um, Confusion. and when I saw, I, when I, I when I looked at this, I said, okay, three pound, three to five pounds gravlacks. I have made proper gravlacks before. What people don't understand is salmon sides can be fucking massive, <laughs> minimum five pounds. You can get to eight so much bigger sides. than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. And and I think a lot of these recipes benefit from a, like a massive side of salmon. And it's what, two and a half to three day cure? Three days cure, yeah. And I think that, that all depends. And I think the recipe is really good. I like this, all of it. But I think having done this so much, there are so many variables to the size of the fish, to the concentration of the cure, and also like how you wrap it up. So... And I remember having to make in cooking school, but I, I wh- one of my first jobs, I would have to make gravlax basically out of uh, Arctic char. And I would put that in cure. You wrap it in cheesecloth. Cheesecloth, I think, is actually... What does the recipe say in terms of what to wrap it in plastic wrap, right? Yeah, plastic, yeah. Like a Ziploc bag or as... I, I actually... I think cheesecloth is actually b- difficult for home cook. I, I get that. But I think uh, it is the better wrapping material for any long cured fish because it allows to drain out and it doesn't become as a salty environment where it's just like sitting in it does but it's slowly dripping out if you do it in cheesecloth you want to do it in a perforated pan so the salted extraction drips out and the flipping of it is important right because you want it to be uh, balanced in, in its cure So when I looked at my salmon, I said to myself, I think I'm going to be able to get this done in 24 hours because it was relatively small. I think it could have benefited from a little bit more, but it's completely edible now. And my only concern is like, I I don't necessarily want to eat farm-raised salmon cooked. I definitely don't want to eat it (laughs) cured, but I did. And and it's totally fine. And and most most smoked salmon or gravlax that you eat is from farm-raised anyway. It's just, you know, it's different when you make it yourself. So I took a little bit of all the recipes. Where I change with the liqueur is I have lemon uh, Ciroc vodka. <laughs> Look at John's face. Wait,
2: wait, wait John. Like he, he mentioned that he was gonna he was gonna do this, and I was like, "Wait, is that good?" And Chang says, bad.
0: "You know, the reason why it's good is sweet, and it has a lot of artificial lemon flavor, yeah. right? A You're lot." Taste it. And that's why it's actually a really good. Uh, liquor for this, I made a salt and sugar cure. Maybe I would say close more more salt, but I would say like forty to sixty ratio of sugar to salt. And I did that mainly because of the sweetness from the Ciroc lemon. Mm. I saw that he does some fennel, a little bit of citrus, and a variety. So what I did was I I got cardamom. I love cardamom. I think it's really good for seafood. Just enough, and I did this in a mortar vessel. A lot of the I didn't have a lot of the anise-flavored seeds that he had in some of the recipe. I did have fennel seed, but I did have some star anise. So I smashed that up with some black pepper. If I had white pepper, I would have used white pepper because that is also the anise flavor as well. Anise and seafood, particularly salmon, just is a marriage. It's a milk and cookies kind of in you know, a combination. So, so good. Cardamom, fennel seed, star anise. And that was it. I, I zested a lemon and I uh, put the mixture on some uh, plastic wrap, skin side down on it, and then I coated it with the rest of the the cure, and then I drizzled a bunch of the Ciroc on it, and I wrapped it up, and I sliced some right beforehand, and it's really delicious. I think I probably added a little bit too much star anise. I probably would have gone literally like a quarter of one star anise, but once I wash it off, and that's another thing that's important, is washing off the cure and then properly drying it. You'll want to put it on a wire rack. And if you have a fan, use a fan and let it dry for like maybe three to four hours in your fridge. I'm going to slice it and it's sliced great. What I don't have is a nice Yanagi. Or you don't need a Yanagi, but if you go to um, like Russ and Daughters, they have these really long, thin knives. And that's how you get those beautiful cuts. You can't really do that. I think it's as difficult or more difficult than slicing a, a birka hormone, like, well, to do locks or smoked salmon locks slices. Very difficult to do I didn't without, even like try a it.
2: Proper, without a proper long, sharp blade. And yeah.
0: even if you have the proper long knife, let me assure you if you don't do this every day, 12 hours a day, you're going to be fucking terrible at it. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I don't need your assurances, Dave. I demonstrated for myself how terrible I was at slicing this one. Let me ask you one more thing before uh, listeners freak out, because, you know, I think we're all relatively comfortable doing this. But talk to anybody out there who has food safety concerns about working with salmon in this way that has never done it. Any reason to be uh, nervous?
0: No, not at all. Because if you're going to eat it cooked, if you're nervous about eating it raw, then you shouldn't eat it cooked. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> the salt salt is such an important thing people don't understand that's how most of humanity got by without refrigeration is because of salt it's to it's an amazing amazing food preservative and really what happens is if you add enough salt to it it changes the ph where it prevents the growth of certain bacteria and microorganisms from growing so it's like yeah there's going to be shit growing but it's the stuff that's good And all the shit that will most likely kill you isn't gonna grow. So that's why it's important to add enough salt. I would say this, if you're gonna eat it raw, err on the side of, fuck, that's too salty. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) right.
2: Right. Salt will will keep you alive in the short term, kill you in the long term. But this is also not something necessarily... I don't think that the Gravlox process is going to preserve this piece of salmon for like three months, though. This is like a short-term cure. You can eat this for like, what, a week or two, right? Probably at the, at the no, most. No, I mean,
0: I I, I wouldn't.
2: <laughs> Even that long? I froze half of it.
0: Yeah. Gravlox, days. I think you got to eat like as, as soon as possible. Okay. Hmm. doesn't ha- People also don't understand smoking fish is also in and of itself a wonderful preservation that prevents the growth of certain things gravlax isn't smoked so it's more of a fresh fish not smoked fish if you have smoked salmon that can last a long time whether it's cold or hot smoked. i would not do that with gravlax that's just me is there anybody on this call
2: that prefers gravlax to smoked salmon yeah when it's done well gravlax is fucking amazing even better than you would prefer to like properly smoke. I think it's different
0: because you have the citrus. It's, it, mm. it also has a different texture. Texture. Guess, yeah, for sure. That it, it is much more of a fresh texture. And I think it has its time and place. It's like, it's like the grapefruit a citrus, right? <laughs> done well, really nice, done poorly, yeah. not so good. I don't want to live in a world where there's no grapefruit. Chris does. <laughs> what is that? Grapefruit's I love the best citrus. I love grapefruit. Yeah clearly you don't because you hate gravlocks
2: i don't hate gravlocks nobody hates gravlocks i just assume he's
0: just trying to torpedo everyone
1: from making it so he can win (laughs) holy shit
2: sauron god damn right sauron uh so i i i made this one day earlier than chang to get the pin bones out of the fish, which is something you've got to do with like a side of salmon here. I bought about like a two and a half piece of, of king salmon. Like I, 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 we, I, I splurged the recipe club budget on a $50 <laughs> two pound piece of salmon uh, my wife bought. And I used her eyebrow tweezers to pull the pin bones out, <laughs> which she's wow. never that
0: happy about. Next time you should just uh, try to thread it. The, 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 the <laughs> <eyebrow thread. laughs> that's the new way of taking the pin bones yeah. out of salmon eyebrow thread it
2: uh one instruction that i disagreed with you know evan says to wash your salmon i did not wash my salmon i just wiped it down before doing any of this stuff i agree that like i've, I've made grab blocks before with like a whole side of salmon i had a smaller piece and one thing That I did do was I trimmed like the belly and sort of like lower loin off my piece of salmon just because I wanted to avoid very different levels of cure. So I had like a pretty uniform block of salmon that I was I was making this out of. I wiped it down. I stuck with the Aquavit. Actually, we didn't even talk about Aquavit yet. John, can you explain Aquavit and, and its its appeal or, you know?
1: Yeah, I'd say Aquavit is sort of like a Nordic cousin of gin. And it's flavored with caraway, uh, star anise, um, other sort of like licorice-y sort of flavors that generally aren't really that welcomed by by the American palate. But I think it's just a really good, really good spirit, like a cocktail uh, ingredient, especially if you're trying to make something a little bit more unexpected. Um, And there's a producer in uh, in Oregon who does a really good one that I love. That's the one I used. Super underrated, I think.
2: I went to the uh, I went to the fancy cool art, uh, artisanal liquor store by our office and they had <laughs> I know it's cool and fancy because they had sold out of aquavit wow <laughs> like who
0: who I don't know There's there was a like
2: run. a a busload of of danish people or something had come through and drunk all their <laughs> aquavit
0: I can't think of aquavit without Dave Arnold because JDB do you remember when when Dave was doing all those skull pictures the skull challenge right yeah the skull challenge the what this is
2: like one of the earliest. This is like this is like predated like memes and and oh, okay. like internet
0: memes. Niels, but was- uh, Niels, who was the chef at Aquavit, was the head of culinary at IC uh, French Culinary Institute. I think Nastasia Lopez was there helping out, but yeah. he wanted to get photos. I think there's a book of skulls of basically human everybody. Skulls? Yeah, no skulls. Skulls. S K O L S. It's like the Cheers. <gasps> oh, in, Yes, in, I do know
1: that. I do remember that.
0: And the, whole, the goal is to do a skull where it's arms out, elbows straight. Like and you, yes, yeah. you got to, you got to go like this. <laughs> that's actually the goal. But or, or you just do Never like works. that. Yeah. Never works. And it was with Aquavit. And that's just, you know, what, anytime the, reading the rest the the yeah. thinking about Aquavit, I was thinking about Dave Arnold skulling. But I want to just say, <laughs> I'd love to see Dave Arnold. I hope there, you know, I hope there's a season three. I really do.
2: Can I just simplify what Dave has said? Like, let's just let's just boil this down. Let's just put a poll on the Discord. If you want to just replace me with Dave Arnold, <laughs> wow. Club, Let's just vote yes or no, and like, let's get this over look at, with. Look at and evil Sauron making people feel bad. Uh, let's just get Dave Arnold in here. Uh, <laughs> so I stuck with the aquavit as my as my alcohol of choice. I stuck to the recipe. Uh, you know, I cured it all in the bag. These flavors are not typically don't typically make their way into my life um and i know that there's dill in some you know southeast asian cooking you know there's dill in in uh vietnamese cooking i know that caraway is a, a big part of, of indian spices but like honestly if there's one way you want to make food not taste asian it's like put dill and caraway in it. it's like that's that's the general vibe i get from it Here's the thing. I think this recipe is great. I think that Evan did an amazing job like explaining all the processes. I think there are a few bits that are like unnecessary. You know, it's like rub the salmon with the alcohol, then do the zest, then and do this was, like, yeah. you can just put this all you in. You can we, just put it all together. Put it all just in a bag. bag. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all going to end up in, in the same salmon. place. Yeah. It's, and then all the everything's going to dissolve into the juices. It's all going to meld together. I think Chang's method of doing it in a cheesecloth is like the one distinguishing thing that might make this much different. But would that work if you have the liquid? So he's just saying it drains of, out yeah. under, but you like you're packed in salt, so like you've got like enough you pack, salt. Okay, got yeah. it. So it's way more salt. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and it's just like there's always it's always going to have contact with salt. Like the salt's not all going to leave it. And then <laughs> I I'm going to be honest though, like Chang, what do you say? You say you cured your for, yours for about 24 hours. 20, 24 all, all hours. In? Okay. Yeah. So mine was probably closer to 50 hours. And like I've been having a hard time this entire podcast because I just tasted like three pieces before I, I I came up here and like my mouth is just completely has been like I made mouth gravlocks. My mouth is like <laughs> cured <laughs> in salt. It's so salty. I did not wash it enough. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go downstairs, rinse it off entirely, and then I'm gonna dry it and probably I'll probably try to.
0: But can I also say that has less to do with the recipe and maybe more to do with you? Um... <laughs> <laughs> of course it does. Of course it does. Because how are you slicing
2: it? I'm trying to slice it as, like poorly, but in the same sort of thin against so the... the
0: so, so so the whole thing about it is after you wash, you wash it well. And again, it's got to be dry. And another good thing when you're doing this, if you have like a, just a regular knife, is just like wet it a little bit as you wipe, like a wet cloth. But you really want to... Like, the first few slices are going to be garbage. Mm -hmm. pretty much right because you 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 want to get it at really i would say what 30 degree angle on the bevel of the knife cutting a vegetable
2: on a bias like your first slice so so i would say
0: like the first probably five to six slices are going to be garbage because what you really want is is like you know it's almost like a prism with the light reflecting it's like you want to get that angle where it's just the salt radius is just going to be Around the edges just of the thing, enou- just a tiny bit enough where it will then balance out with the right. rest of the meat that hasn't been penetrated so much.
2: I'm eating the end piece of the prime rib <laughs> with the salt crust. Is what you're saying? <laughs> and like the next so don't, slices don't, are. Don't in blame body. the recipe. Look I'm in the not mirror. blaming the recipe. I'm saying what I'm saying is you can get away with a, a much shorter cure. Is all I'm saying. You could probably I get away don't, with.
0: I don't know if I don't know if I agree with that. <laughs> but you did. You did get no, away with it for me because I had. I'm using. Like an 18-ounce piece of fish, like a pound and a half.
2: Mm, mm, mm -hmm. True. If you're curing a whole side, you probably need more. But I was also doing a small piece of fish. Like mine was also like a filet and not a full-size piece of fish. So if you're doing this on a smaller portion, which like that's another thing. It's just like one reason I elected not to do a whole side was like I know my household's not going to consume this whole thing of grab Would not
0: eat a whole side of grab JDB. I feel like the only thing that we can do here is resort to like doing negative commercial ads against Chris Ying. And oh, just destroying his go, character. We gotta do attack ads. We gotta de- just go destroy this guy's emails. character. You go low, I was
2: like, we, sque- we go high. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, sure you did a filet. You know what I mean? Like, whatever. You she, she doesn't believe Chris anything Chris Ying lies every recipe club. <laughs> Donate now. You know, do you know that he voted against Proposition
2: 62? <laughs> Chris Ying hates
1: gravel. He says he
2: likes eating, but really? But does he? He says he likes salmon. Uh, other than that, the only other thing is like, oh my Chris God. Chris
0: Ying on his neighbor's <laughs> flower bed.
2: Wait, how did you know that? I, uh... I only pee on my own car tire, Dave. You know that. <laughs> I uh,
0: I need to sharpen my knives
2: is my only other note yes, on this yes. thing. Holy shit! Do I need to sharpen my knives?
0: I don't know. I don't know. Chris Ying was a Iraq Gulf War veteran. <laughs> Jesus Christ! He Lies. says he fought
2: in Iraq, <laughs> <laughs> but SEAL Team Six. But really, he just fought a rock. <laughs> uh. I ate mine with, what did you just, just taste yours, Chang? You just ate it, just to taste. You didn't sort of consume it with anything?
0: No, um, I, I'm, I'm going to eat it, slice it nicely. Um, I probably, I have some sour cream. I might do that mm. with, a little, with a little toast. It's a good recipe. And it, yeah. if you understand the principle, and which is why I like the recipe, that it is very flexible, don't lose sight of what it really is. You're curing fish in enough salt that will, you know, make it safe to eat and also make it flavorful with enough sugar. And you're adding all these other elements to flavor it. You know, once you do that, like, it's really hard to make it taste bad.
2: Yeah. yeah. And I would, I would add that this is one of those cool, one of those recipes where if you've never done anything like this before, like, it's fun to do this for the first time and see like the transformative yeah, it my process. First time right? I felt like I knew what I was doing. Yeah. It's cool to see this happen. Scary. You yeah. Know? John. Here, here, here's your chance to give a stump speech. You can back this one. You can take this opportunity to back the Gravlox as your your horse in the race, or maybe give a little bit more love to that Lomo Saltado and try to boost yeah, that. Yeah, I think up it's too late in the game
1: for this. This is, it's already, you know, there's already been voting up when this recipe goes on. So I feel I like this was good and you should, you should make it. But, you know, the Lomo Saltado was really, it's like the essence of Recipe Club, it's got everything.
0: I agree, and it's also just not fair to this recipe. It's like cutting a veteran on an NFL team, yeah, in like October, <laughs> right? You know, right. Good luck getting on another team because you know <laughs> a really nice, thoughtful, empathetic coach would have cut them way earlier. I thought you're because
2: it's just like cutting a veteran. In the street, <laughs> no, that's what you do, Chris. Yeah, he says he loves the troops, but
1: this video of him cutting a veteran guy—he
2: <laughs> stabbed a guy. All right, so John's backing
1: Lomo Sultano to the end. Yeah, I got, I got to go with the the pony. That's my pony.
0: Is it is it true you're going to beat DeSantis's running mate? And it was your idea for Martha Martha's Vineyard? Was your idea, Chris Yang? My God, you sick! Fuck. Uh,
2: make sure you check out the video of. John's cat's not eating this Gravlox of uh, Dave curing this in one, one day. And me, shut up. Puffy,
0: puffy combs. I I just love fucking Ciroc.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to to Diddy on Ciroc (laughs) uh, on the recipe club TV feed where all the videos of the cooking go exclusively on Spotify. There's going to be a link to this recipe in the podcast description as well as on our discord server uh sign up for that and share your version of Gravelocks as well as Lomo Saltado.
0: Lomo Saltado, so good. Make it make it happen, guys. Make it twice.
2: Vote for it twice.
0: <laughs> All right. Give us five stars. And remember, if you want season three, don't let Chris Ying and Priya Krishna win. We are not a team. We and Priya are not a team. That's how you want us to think. God, I hate you guys. I, I mean <laughs> Maybe, maybe they're a little bit more like when Mitt Romney and and Paul Ryan ran. That's the yeah. We're a
1: marriage of convenience. (laughs) Marriage of convenience. (laughs) Yeah.